Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything, from T-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code staple two zero. Hey, Browns fans. Before we get started, I just want to thank the sponsors of today's show, Manly Bands. Get 25% off your entire order at manlybands.com slash dogs. D-A-W-G-S. Use promo code dogs to get the best wedding rings made for men. And BetterHelp. Get 10% off your first month of talk therapy. That's 100% online and 100% on your time. Head to betterhelp.com slash dogs. Use promo code dogs. 10% off your first month. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome in to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All with you today, and I've got a great, awesome, special guest on this episode. And if you guys have watched the show in the past, in recent years, You've seen him before, Mr. Barry Shuck, staff writer from DogsByNature.com, is joining me today to talk about his time in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Now, every year, we we bring Barry on the show, and he talks about different draft prospects and guys that he met, guys that he watched, guys that he interviewed down at the Senior Bowl. So what's really cool about these episodes with Barry is you get... A deeper insight into some guys who are not going to initially come out as like these top rated ranked NFL draft prospects coming out of college because these guys are typically well I mean not typically these guys are not your early declares that's why they're playing in the senior bowl and it's kind of their last opportunity to really showcase what they can do and to hopefully help improve their draft capital and draft stock in April. And going back to when we first started doing these shows every offseason with Barry, here are some of the names that he's come on the show, that he's introduced us to, that he's talked about. And, you know, you guys listening, watching the show, get some some firsthand experience into some of these players. And then guess what? They end up getting drafted. And you might recognize names like Jahan Dotson, uh, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, Jaden Reed. Rasheed Rice, Luke Musgrave, he came on last year and talked about how impressed he was at the Senior Bowl with kind of a big guy, kind of a big, you know, NFL prospect coming out of Ohio State named Dewan Jones. Who's Dewan Jones? Well, now we know who Dewan Jones is. He told us all about Greg Newsom. If we had listened to Barry back when Newsom was drafted, we would have known that entire first round when we did draft night 
the Browns are clearly going to take Greg Newsom because Barry met him. He followed everything about him and knew that this is the guy that Andrew Barry's going to draft. And he was right. He presented us, you know, guys like David Bell last year, Isaiah McGuire, who, you know, did not get a whole lot of run in his rookie season with the Browns, but has a lot of upside. So we learned about him early on. Just a ton of players that, you know, if it weren't for the exposure of the senior boy, you probably wouldn't hear much about until draft season really starts to ramp up and all that kind of stuff. So this is a great first look at a lot of these guys and the players that, that Barry Shuck is going to bring to this show. These are guys that are going to get drafted. You're going to hear them. And there's a very good chance that several of them will make a splash immediately in their first season in the NFL. And over the next two to three years, you'll come to know a lot of their names, I'm sure. This is just how it has been working out historically when we do these shows. So what's going to happen is the conversation that I had with Barry Shuck was really long. We went into a lot of different prospects, a lot of positions that the Browns need and players that could potentially fill those spots. So this is going to be a multi-part series with Barry Shuck's interview, and we are going to start with wide receivers and tight ends. And then on the next episode, we'll go into the trenches, the line, running backs, and offensive line. We're going to talk about those guys. So offense first, and then we'll shift over in the final episodes into defense. We'll talk about cornerbacks and linebackers, and then we're going to wrap it up with the defensive line ends and tackles. So a lot of great information, a lot of great names that are going to be thrown around here. So pay attention, come to come to learn about these guys. And before we dive into the interview with Barry and everything he has to say, like I always tell you on YouTube, please make sure that you are liking this video, subscribing to the channel, hit the notification bell so you don't miss when we drop the next parts of this interview with Barry to talk about the other prospects. We're doing new content all the time, uploading dog bites and shorts and all kinds of stuff, making posts multiple times a day in the community thread. So just follow the channel. If you subscribing on YouTube, I know it's called subscribe again for new people around here on YouTube. There's no monetary connotation. It's just following the show. Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, Amazon, wherever you're listening to podcasts, thank you for following along and make sure you give us a five-star rating wherever that is applicable. And I guess last but not least, before we dive into this, jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. I know that we're in the off season. The Browns aren't playing right now, but man, there is so much going on with the Browns. The off season is going to ramp up fast and there's just a whole lot going on in the dog pack community. You get access to the private discords, the 24 seven conversations about anything you want to talk about the best die hard Browns fans online community you can possibly find. So join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member. So without further ado, here's my sit down talk with Barry Shuck from dogs by nature. Hey, Barry, it is awesome having you back on the show, man. It has been way too long. How have you been? Uh, been good. Just a busy season. You know, it's a playoff season. Um, can't remember the last time the Browns won 11 games. <laughs> and um, if we talk about t- today, if we happen to talk about the awards on Thursday night. Let's make sure that we call uh, Coach Stefanski, uh Kevin instead of Steven. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw that. I didn't actually hear it, so I wasn't sure if they called him Steven Stefanski or Kevin Stevenson or something Final like that. Steady. What's I, that? I, surprisingly, he got up from his seat and went and accepted it. <laughs> well, good for Cal. I'll tell you what. I have, I have, I've always liked Kevin since, you know, yeah. he came here to be the head coach, but I just have such admiration and respect for him as a human being. I think he is such a good man. Like he just seems like he is a good dude. And I think that's, that's a lot of the reason why he gets these, you know, athletes with egos to follow him and, and to play hard. And it, it it's extraordinary what he's been able to do, honestly. Yeah, and he's gotten the next man up mentality. Yes. Yes, he does. Um, so you know, we can talk about awards a little bit later on too, but just for everybody, again, we're talking with Barry Shuck, staff writer from dogsbynature.com. Barry was down at the Senior Bowl, like I've already mentioned, and you were working it, man. You, you were working your tail off. I was seeing your articles and your posts on Twitter and everything was, things were just flying out. I'm thinking, how in the world is Barry doing this? Like you're you're at the practices, you're doing everything, you're doing the interviews, you're writing up the article. I just you you had to be so busy. Did you even sleep down there? Back in the day, I uh, used to go on Mondays. They used to have media night on Monday night, and they would have all the players show up in their jerseys, and it was awesome. They used to grill steaks and do baked potatoes, and I always sat with the players instead of the media, so that I got to know two or three guys but i used to take my wife with me and what would happen is i would have positions that the that the browns would need and then i would take those positions and um correlate it to a somebody's big board that i trusted and so like this year the browns are going to pick at number 54 i would look at the big board and see uh, above five slots below five slots then see their their need a position. Then I would take that and uh, transcribe it to the Senior Bowl roster that was coming this year. So we don't need quarterbacks. So if a quarterback is in that realm, I don't interview him. Centers, right. no, I'm not going to do it. But if it's something that we need, like an offensive guard, a wide receiver, maybe a, 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 another cornerback, and he's at the Senior Bowl, that is the guy on my list. So there's about 11 or 12 players there that's a possibility. And if only two guys, there's no reason to talk about a guy that's going to be the end of the first round and the Browns have no um, chance of, of grabbing him. So let's talk to a guy who they may, may draft. Yep, absolutely. And we're going to roll through these guys that you were writing about, the guys that you were talking to. And I, I've made some notes on each of the guys that you were writing up you know, on the website and the guys that you did interviews with. But if I missed any of those, just throw them in as we go through. But I really want to kick it off with the position that I think most Browns fans are going to be the most interested in just because it's a flashy position, it's skill position, it's, you know, what's exciting to watch in football, sexy. and it's wide receiver. Yeah, it's sexy. It is sexy. Well, it's sexy as long as you have good ones. And the Browns really don't. They have decent ones, but I wouldn't say outside of Amari Cooper – that we've got anybody stellar. You know what I mean? I think Elijah Moore can yep. be okay, but we need a guy. We need a running yep. mate for Amari. We need somebody that we can... We need a stud, honestly. I mean, there's just no way around it. We need a stud that can become you know, the future of that wide re receiver position for the Browns. So the 
I'm just going to, I'm going to give you the first two guys names that I'm interested in hearing about, and then we'll kind of roll through a few okay. others that you want to mention here. But the, the main guy that you were writing a lot about and you were, you were pretty high on was Brendan Rice. And I know he's the son of Jerry Rice and yeah. I'm just interested. What did you, what did you see from, from this kid at the senior bowl? Um, I saw him catch a lot of balls. I also saw him miss a lot of balls. And I'm talking about balls that were in his vicinity that he just turned a right shoulder instead of a left shoulder. Um, he's got great speed. I think it's uh 4.38 and, um, and he's got log arms. Um, he's able to utilize his overall length and he's, he's, he's not a cocky guy, but he's a guy that's kind of assured of himself. He's got this alpha dog mentality I saw, um, but he's able to go up to the high point. And, um, but I, I wasn't really, really uh, that high on him. Uh, um, I think he's got some, some issues, even though he's, he's, he's fast. Uh, he's blessed with a sizable frame, but, uh, he struggles to be consistent, uh, play, especially if you got contact and with the senior bowl, you've got a lot of, a lot of really good cornerbacks from the nation instead of just seeing three or four good cornerbacks when he played for U.S. City. Um, but when he was on contested routes, he, he just didn't look that, that well to me. Now he's 215 pounds. And uh, but he looks more like a basketball player build than a football player build, um, and he's got a, a tendency really to kind of overcomplicate uh, his releases. Hmm. Um, I think he'll be a, a good pro. I don't think he'll be in the second round like I think his grade going into the senior bowl was second round. I think he may, may go more into the third round. What's your opinion? I mean, that's what I'm coming to you for because I have not scouted these guys in depth or anything. So I'm I'm getting my first takes, my first impressions from you here. So I, I'm I'm trusting your assessment and that's that's disappointing to hear that he didn't flash more at the senior bowl. It kind of sounded from the way you were writing in the beginning that you were impressed, but it what happened? Did he just kinda you you, you saw uh, more for, flaws as the week went yeah, on? Yeah, I did a did a daily diary. Yeah. I did uh I, a diary on Tuesday. And what I did is I went from station to station to station. So uh, what everybody loves is when the offensive linemen are going one-on-one with the defensive linemen. That is, that is awesome. That has always been my favorite part. Uh, me being an ex linebacker and I've, I've played defensive line, not, not defense against defense or offense against offense. They do that. But when towards the end of the practice, they'll do one-on-ones. They'll have a guard and a tackle and then a defensive guy, and the guard doesn't move, the tackle does, and he goes against the defensive guy, those are off. So you go from station to station to station, and you go to the one-on-ones with the quarterbacks and the receivers and the cornerbacks, then they play the seven-on-sevens. And on Tuesday, he looked he looked really good. On Wednesday and Thursday, um, I think that the defensive backs kind of figured out that if they could just kind of throw a shoulder into him and start rubbing on him, and kind of knocking him off his game, that he gets a little unfocused on that. Uh, I think he's going to drop around. I don't think he's going to go in the second. I think he's going to go in the third. Um, the The day that I was able to interview him was on Thursday, which was the last day of contact. They do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday contact. Friday is just shells and shorts. And 
I was interviewing him with about four or five other guys. And after it was over with, um, we turned the recorder off. Um, I was, he was walking, I was walking, we were talking about something. And all of a sudden he stopped and I had stopped and then it was his dad. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I, I've met his dad before. I've met him back in the nineties, but, uh, just to see him there. And, it, uh, Jerry came in on a Thursday and then of course the game was on Saturday and then I guess he flew out then, but yeah, I spotted him at the game on the sidelines, uh, during the game. But, um, it was just kind of, you know, and everybody was kind of gaga over him, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you know my household runs on Omaha Steaks, and that's why I'm so excited that 50% off site-wide is back. That's right. It's Omaha Steaks President's Day sale, and right now, listeners of this show can go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, use promo code dogs when you check out, and get eight free burgers with your order. With the price of food and meat nowadays being sky high, these are my favorite sales of the year because nothing can beat 50% off all the juicy, tender steaks, burgers, chicken, pork, seafood, etc. plus grab a package with the caramel apple tartlets for dessert. I never order anything from Omaha Steaks without getting those caramel apple tartlets. Take advantage of this sale right now before it's over. That's 50% off site-wide at omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Use promo code dogs and get eight free burgers with your order. Hey, Ohio, if you haven't downloaded the BetMGM app yet, you'll definitely want to take advantage of this limited time offer. New users who sign up through our link must deposit $10 and place a first wager of $5 on any live bet. Once your bet is placed, you will re instantly receive $150 in bonus bets. You will get three bonus bet tokens of $50, allowing you to make multiple wagers with your bonuses. This offer is only available if you sign up through our link, which you can find in the description below, or scan the QR code on your screen to start signing up. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. All right, so Brendan Rice seems like a guy that maybe initially caught your eye, and then as the week progressed, you saw more flaws and everything and and all that. But the next guy that I want to talk about is somebody that, based on your daily diaries, seemed like he caught your attention on day one. He impressed the heck out of you on day two. And I would like to get your opinion on him now as an Ohio State Buckeye alum. I don't always... Uh, like these Michigan kids, but you know what I mean? After they get out of college, they go to the NFL. If they become a Cleveland Brown, I'm all in. So talk to me about Roman Wilson. He impressed all three days. Okay. Um, he's a skinny kid. Uh, last year, um, they had some, some players just like him and they all come from the big 10. Um, he was a skinny kid and he's got, uh, let's see, what did I put on there? 4.37 speed. No, there was only one cornerback that could cover him, and that was the one from Toledo. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about him. His, his, yeah, his name is uh, Quinion Mitchell. Mm -hmm. He was the only one that could stay with him. Nobody else could. He would do an in move, then an out move, and then he'd do another out move, and then he'd go in. And everybody just kind of took every every bait. He's got elite athletic skills now. The thing about him is he had a second uh, round grade. He was on my list to be around the 54th pick. He was either above or below. 
But I, I think with the week that he had, he's going to end up in in the first round. He's got, even though he's skinny, wow. he's got long arms, and that, that allows him to play bigger than his size. And um, he's got a frame that I guess could could take a little bit more weight. Uh, he kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, Smith from the Philadelphia Eagles, where he looks like if you hit him, he's going to break. Um, but he tracks the ball well downfield, and he's got really good ball skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be late first round in the 20s, and somebody's going to get a great receiver. Wow. Okay. Well, I I did not realize that you had that high of an opinion, that you thought maybe he could bounce into the first round. So that's a little unfortunate, uh, considering the Browns aren't picking until, would you say, 54, right? 54. So mm-hmm. now, from what I understand of this draft classes it's pretty deep at wide receiver so do you think there's a a potential that some of these other higher graded guys you know with with a little bit more of a resume can be those first round guys and it might push a guy like roman wilson toward the browns i mean i'm sure they're not opposed to trading up a little bit in the second round if they have a guy they really like yeah i not in the second round i think maybe in the third round though you could take ricky purcell of florida uh, he came into the Senior Bowl with a fifth-round grade, and I, I'm telling you, Josh, he he just shined during the practice week. And what I mean by shine during the practice week is if you are a guy that plays a position like wide receiver, and if you bring in all these cornerbacks and safeties that are all high-level, they're going to half the first round, half the second round, half the third round, plays in the Senior Bowl. So if you bring in all these high-quality elite defensive backs and you shine against them in practice three days then all that can do is elevate your draft status um the game yeah the game has something to do with it but the problem with the game is there's so many people like there's three quarterbacks on one team and four quarterbacks on another well uh, you know one quarterback is only going to play a quarter right uh, and it went in with the starting unit that they decide would start but if he goes out and somebody comes back in and then half the offensive line goes out, you've adjusted what kind of, of, of skill is on the field and the strength. So, But Ricky Purcell out of, out of Florida, he just had a phenomenal week. He, uh, he's got this natural ability that he can separate, and I think he's going to be a slot player. He's not very big, uh, but he exhibited great flexibility and um, – he seems to be a little creative in his route running. Uh, he makes very sharp uh, cuts. A lot of players don't do this, especially tight ends or bigger wide receivers don't make sharp cuts, um, but he does. And he was able to fool guys. And if you watch some of the the, the drills and the one-on-ones, he'd be all by himself uh, 75% of the, the time because – it's not his first move, or it may be his second move. He just completely fooled the, the DB, and he's got excellent hands. Whatever was thrown to him, he caught. That's uh, very encouraging because, you know, drop passes were something that was very frustrating with the Browns at times this year, and a sure-handed receiver. I mean, some of the notes that I took down just based on your articles and, and your diary was – you know, Purcell, you said smooth route runner, clean win off press coverage, won every one-on-one drill. So, yeah, so you're thinking, did you say he came in at a fifth round grade and you're thinking now third? 
Correct. Okay. Before the before the senior bowl. So see, he he was on my fringe in my list. Um, he would look like he could be a wherever the the Browns are drafting. I think they're drafting. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have the draft numbers either yet. Now, I also understand this though that I can spit out numbers where they're going to be like two oh six in the fifth round, but once the compensatory picks come out, it's going to change the whole ball of wax. Right. So if you just know that I figured out where the Browns are going to pick. And that these guys were guys that were supposed to be there, according to this big board. What I do is I take one that I I trust, and and they are pretty accurate about where guys are going to be taken. Now this is before the the Shrine Bowl, and this is before the the and before the Senior Bowl, and before the Combine, before Pro Days. All of that can change a guy because all it takes is for a guy to run a a four four, and then at the combine run a four three, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everybody wants him. Yeah, that's. I mean, the you've truth. seen that. But Al Davis was alive; he was a sucker for anybody that ran a four three. Yeah, we got suckered into Anthony Schwartz too. Um, so I oh, guess tell me yeah. talk about drop pass. Who? Yeah, drop passes and. Hey, he was fast though. But yeah. so the last guy then that I think you wrote a little bit more about. See if. And if, it's, if I name any of these guys and you're like, yeah, we don't really need to talk about them, then we won't. Um, but what yeah. about Xavier yeah. Leggett? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Out of South yeah. Carolina? Yeah, he's he's a real quick guy. And he's projected to be a second-round pick and okay. right about where the Browns are. Um, he was kind of up and down. Uh, the first day, he looked great. Second day, he looked he – looked, uh, he didn't look so good. Uh, he had a, a, a tendency to let the, the deep balls – um, get into his chest more and, instead of grabbing it with his with his hands, and they throw a lot of deep balls in these practices, especially on the one on one. The way the one on ones work is you have a center, he snaps the ball to the quarterback. There's no line. It's a cornerback against a receiver or a cornerback or a safety against a uh, a tight end or a linebacker against a tight end because they're game situations is what they do. And then they just go, you know, go. Of course, the quarterback's got got nobody in front of him, so there's uh, he's able to throw the ball how he wants it and mm-hmm. when he wants it. But it's really to show what the receivers and the and the defensive player to do. And just in one on one situations, it'd be no different than you know you and I playing one on one in basketball. Um, it it shows what you can do. It shows what I can do. It shows your defense, my defense, and that's what they do is they they do these on one on one. So. Um, they would throw a lot of deep balls, and he would try to cradle it in his chest mm. instead of his hands. And I, I think he needs a little bit of development and recognizing um, against some some zone coverage because they would do uh, in seven and sevens they would do some zone coverage instead of man coverage. Um, but he looks comfortable when there's traffic coming around. He's he's a reliable receiver. Um, he's he can go up to the high point and catch passes, uh, and he's got really good acceleration. Okay, so would he be a guy that would be worth the Browns looking at, kicking the tires on, you know, just hypothetically if this were, if he were on the board, you know what I yeah, mean, when the yeah. Browns are picking? And, and, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's big body. Did he like 6'3"? 6'3", 227 Six. is what you had here, yep. Yeah, yeah, two, 223 or something yep. like this, so he's big bodied. 
Um, but you know, Donovan Peoples Jones was big body. This is true. Yep. And he was a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I think he was underused, but he's a roller coaster. And of course we got Cedric Tillman on the, on the team Yeah. and they throw to him a whole lot. No, I, so, I definitely think we need a fast receiver with some serious separation skills. Exactly. Like just a, yeah, a, a playmaker. That's really what we need. Um, I'm trying to think here. Were there any other wide receivers that you interviewed because you thought they were going to be in a position for the Browns to potentially draft, or does that pretty much cover all the wide receivers? Um, I had Johnny uh, Wilson on my list. I oh, didn't yeah. get to um, – he was from Florida State. He, he's he got hands of stone. Um, he would catch a couple, and then he would drop a couple. I didn't I didn't like him at all. He's from Florida State. I had a, a third round grade on him. Uh, he's six seven, two hundred thirty seven pounds. So he looks like a red zone target, but like a tight end. Yeah, yeah. For well, yeah. But he's a he's listed as a receiver. Um, you know what's weird is you get a guy that's six seven, and for some reason I don't know why they just don't do an alley oop in the in the corner of the end zone. <laughs> Uh, do you remember when we had Demetrius Harris at tight end? I do. Yep. A couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was six out. He was like 240. Why did they just do, you know, a little like this, a little arcing pass and where the DB can't catch it and he just goes up higher? Because, you know, it, as a defensive back, you can only jump so high. So if you got somebody that's six seven plus his arms are nine feet long. Right. And then he. You know, you've you've got a long radius there. I don't understand why that doesn't happen more I mean, we, often. But I, we do it with David. We do it with Njoku, yeah. it seems like. We'll throw it up yeah. high and just kind of let him go be a big physical guy. I I don't know if there's just he, a trust factor or what. but Because yeah, he can jump. Up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's where that's where Ali Hoop started in football. It didn't start in basketball. He got transferred to basketball. But it started in the 60s with Y.E. Tittle. And R.C. Owens and R.C. Owens could jump a mile, and all Y.E. Tittle would do is just throw the ball in, in an arc, and R.C. would just be two feet above everybody else. Nobody could stop it. And that's that's where it all started from. Um, but I don't understand why they do that. So this guy, uh, Johnny Wilson, would seem to be a guy that would be perfect for the red zone, especially in the end zone, where you just kind of lob it. You know, don't throw a back, uh, uh, back shoulder. Don't. Don't throw it straight. Just lob it to him and let him go up and get it and uh, use those long arms. But uh, this guy had, had stone hands. I mm. I wouldn't anything with him. I, I would just stay clear of him. Now, can somebody teach him something different? Yeah, I guess. Could we teach Swartz how to catch? No. Mm-mm. Could we how to not fumble when he did a jet sweep? No. no. So, and that was a wasted third-round pick. It was, so, and we still have the same wide receiver coach in town. So, Wilson's Wilson's projected to be a third round pick, and I I would just stay clear of him. But well, those those are the only receivers that I was able to interview. Okay, so then the last guy that I'm going to ask you about, and I don't necessarily think this is a guy for the Browns, but I just think it's a name that a lot of people are going to get familiar with over the draft season. So I just want to talk about him with you because you saw him there. But Lad McConkey from Georgia. Yeah, um, everybody was gaga about him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, everybody was about him. He's not very big. He's just um, like 185 pounds, 190 pounds. But let me tell you, the dude caught everything. That's what I was hearing. He, 
they, he's not even six foot tall. Um, I did not interview him, but um, I did make notes on him. He was at everywhere. He's one of the New England Patriots slot guys that after a while, everybody wants him. Um, he's got excellent short area quick, quickness um, and route running. He's real precise. I give him that. Um, except for Mitchell, nobody could cover him either. He's he's willing to attack the ball, and he, he showed a real aggressiveness once the ball was in the air that he he was not going to be told no not to uh, not to catch the ball. But um, he did struggle with contested catches that were thrown high. Um, and he probably needs a, a little bit of improvement in his catch and run transitions. We didn't see a whole lot of contact after that because when you're in seven and sevens, you're not really trying to kill a guy. Um, but after you catch it, I don't know how many yards he's going to get because he's he's kind of frail, and he just seemed a little uncomfortable in those situations where he's catching it in traffic and there's a lot of people around him and he could get hit. Uh, um, and he, he may lack the size to, to win on the outside consistently, but he was catching everything. It, he would able uh, – the last guy I saw at the Senior Bowl that was like that was Cooper Cup, And Cooper Cup would, would contort his body to catch a ball, and that's the way McCockey was. Um, I think he'll, he could probably – he looked like a fourth-round pick coming in. He could go third round, second round but he would strictly be a slot guy. But, you know, the, the league is dependent upon all those slot guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, they're, all, they're all Victor Cruz type, you know, body size. Uh, David Bell and Elijah Moore on the Browns are our slot guys. Um, but he can catch. He's got great hands. And for him not to be so big, he looked like his blocking skills are good. That's good. I mean... <laughs> I tell you what, when these receivers can play a little bit bigger than what their size is and they've got that physicality, that just that just goes a whole extra step for these guys, especially coming right into the NFL in year one. Yeah, absolutely. And you gotta be and as a receiver, you gotta be able to block downfield. Yes. Yep. So why don't we was there any other wide receivers you wanted to mention or are you ready to transition to tight ends? Let's try let's transition. This episode is brought to you by Danger Coffee. Browns fans, we talk about how Danger Coffee is made free from mold toxins that are in 45% of the world's coffee, but that's not all that Danger Coffee has to offer. Mineral and nutrient deficiencies are a big deal. They make you feel sick, tired, stressed, and they can give you brain fog. These deficiencies negatively affect your immune system, your digestion, sleep, metabolism. Have you ever wondered why you get an initial burst from your coffee? but then you get that little crash not long after, Danger Coffee's patent-pending process remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals and electrolytes, leaving you more energized, engaged, powerful. These micronutrients enter the cells to boost performance. They bind to toxins to provide detoxification support. I know that sounds like a lot, but the bottom line, guys, is minerals matter. And most of us really don't get enough of them on a daily basis. Danger Coffee delivers micronutrients, plus it gives you access to the minerals you already have. Head to DangerCoffee.com, use our code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 10% off your order. And that code can be used over and over, so you get 10% off every order you make using code DOGS. It's time to start every day off with a cup of coffee that gets you going and actually keeps you going. DangerCoffee.com. Code dogs. 
So the first tight end then that I'm going to ask you about is a guy that you interviewed. So tell me about Jared Wiley from TCU. He He's like 6'7", and um, I really enjoyed talking to him. He was um, a, a real good blocker, and he, he uh, all through high school, he was a, uh, a wide receiver. Uh, he started out as quarterback in high school, then he went to uh, wide receiver, and then what he, what he found out is that his body just got bigger than he was. <laughs> and um, and so he had to transition um, at Penn State to tight end. Now, of course, uh, Penn State's always had good tight ends. Um, nice kid. I can tell he's extremely smart. Uh, got a big body. I think he's in the 250 range. Uh, he might be closer to 260. I don't remember. But I just remember he was a big body. And... Um, he, I can tell that his yards after contact are going to be extreme. He's he's uh, real good with the ball in his hands, and he's a natural playmaker. Um, he's got, you know, being that big, he's he's got good strength. And um, when they were playing seven on sevens, he was able to find spots in the zone coverage, and he uses his uh, large frame to kind of shield out defenders as the ball is common. Um, and uh, I, I thought he was a, a, a good guy. Um, I think he's got limited power, though, in his hands. He doesn't look like... Um, uh, it doesn't look like... And also, his blocking grade is uh, not quite exceptional. You would think somebody that big would be blocking, but he, he doesn't... He's not able to sustain a blade, mm. uh, a block, excuse me. He would take his hands and push off instead of taking his body and hitting a guy and then driving and staying with him. He would take his hands and push and then let off and then see where the defender was still going. And he would go try to attack him again and push him again. Well, that's not what you can do, especially if you're going to run or a jet sweep or something. You got to be able to engage a guy. You got to be able to stay engaged with him and move him, move him, move him until you can't move at me anymore. And somebody's going to have to show him to use his body more in blocking than just using his hands. Okay. And then the other guy, there was really only one other guy I had on my list to talk about. And then if there's more, you can go into them. But Jaheim Bell from Florida State. He was he was a great guy to interview. He was very polite, very, very articulate. And um, he was a... Uh, high school wide receivers, so he, he knew how to run routes, and his route running was good, and he's got good size and good strength, And uh, but he demonstrated the ability to outrun linebackers and safeties, and that just surprised me. Um, and that's who was, you know, trying to, to cover him in that, but um, he does have some problems, though. He's... Uh, uh, he's got limited effectiveness in the run uh, blocking schemes. Uh, somebody needs to show him how to engage and and then to stay with it too. I don't I don't know why people think that they can just push a guy with two hands and the guy's not going to go anywhere. Right, especially uh, the, the these this level of offensive or I mean of defensive linemen. I mean, yeah, you can't just push a guy around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I saw with Bell. I saw him at. Many a time he was just overpowered, 
at the point of attack, um, just due to him not being able to engage and stay engaged. So I think if somebody would fix that, he's a great receiver. He's got good hands. He's he's got a very good vertical leap to him, and um, he'll probably be a fourth rounder. Out of all the tight ends I saw, he would probably uh, be the highest on that. And he's a big body. Now he's not all that tall. He's only six one, six two, uh, but he's got a big body to him. Whereas these other guys, um, Johnson. And um, the other one we talked about, they're six seven, six six, mm-hmm. um, and so Bell's only six one. So that could be an issue too. But uh, they've got to show him how to block and then stay with a guy. Yeah. Uh, who I do remember though is Theo Johnson. Okay. Do you have him on your list? I didn't put him on my uh, list, he looks but like, I read what you wrote about him. Yeah. Uh, Theo Johnson. Um, I I like him a lot. Now he looks like uh, I put three. Uh, three tight ends. He looks like more like a fifth rounder, but I think um, he probably will jump up to the fourth round after the senior bowl. And uh, but but Johnson, um, a tall guy, uh, long arms, uh, good blocker. Um, he's he runs more like a wide receiver that he does a, a tight end he's kind of explosive off the line um but he's got reliable hands and um good strength i it looks like he could be good you know after contact i really didn't see much of that it's like I said when they do the 707s they don't really try to tackle you they'll touch you like two hand touch mm-hmm. but you're you know you got a game to go and and nobody's getting paid for this um, but he's explosive off the line of scrimmage, and uh, he looks like and and the passes he he was good with uncontested catches, and uh, looked like he was willing to go across, go across the middle in traffic. Um, you know, talking about tight ends, I think the Browns got a problem with tight end. Uh, you know, after Njoku, they they brought in Jordan Akins last year because that was uh, Deshaun Watson's buddy in Houston, and. Uh, he had almost 900 yards receiving, and that was when Deshaun Watson was winning Pro Bowls and threw for 5,000 yards almost in that one season. So they thought they would bring him in, but Nothing what do you have? Less than 300 yards? Yeah, and he was – Jordan Akins, whenever we signed him, I was excited. I, I, I thought this is a super underrated signing. We're not getting excited enough about what Jordan Akins can bring to the – the team and we didn't really use him now to be fair we don't i feel like we don't get much out of our our second tight end anyway whether it's harrison bryant or akins or it, i don't know yeah. i don't know what's going on there well bryant too up 214 yards yeah not a great season he just has not he 13 balls. <laughs> it you wasn't know, a they, lot they, you know they paid him almost five million for the year it, but so uh I mean, he didn't do anything. He's a free agent. I, I'd expect him not to be on the team next year. Yeah, that's kind of uh, where we're at too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked to uh, see Akins. Now, Akins has one more year, but I'd be shocked to see him uh, being cut and released and uh, bring in maybe a veteran and then maybe draft a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so great stuff as always. 
with Barry Shuck. Really appreciate him coming on and talking about these wide receiver prospects, these tight end prospects, because as we said in the in the episode, the Browns really need some playmakers in at those positions. I mean, we've got Amari Cooper right now. We've got David Njoku. But behind them, at wide receiver and tight end, the talent level, the playmaking ability level kind of drops off. So these are some names to keep an eye on from the Senior Bowl that Barry actually got to go witness. He got to watch them, take his notes, interview these guys, talk to them, get to know them on a level outside of just what they can do on the field. So really cool stuff. Appreciate Barry again and appreciate you guys for tuning in, watching, listening, subscribing, following the show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're making posts about anything and everything all the time. So you won't miss a thing as long as you're following us. So make sure you guys do that. And we will be back in the next part of this discussion with Barry Shuck to break down the running backs and the offensive line prospects. And there are some very exciting names, very exciting players to discuss in that episode. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Appreciate you guys. Until we're here again, let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.